Good day, everybody. Uh, this is Carlos once again from My Life Without Limits Challenge. My Life Without Limits, sorry, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Why am challenge. I thinking the challenge here? You've got Maybe challenge on your mind. It's coming up actually soon, and I'm going to be speaking about it at some point. However, yeah. it's My Life Without Limits podcast, and uh, I do want to introduce our probably the most sane person in the show, which is Leah Eisen. <laughs> Wow. Uh, it's the one that never makes mistakes too much, right, Leah? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I just want to introduce Leah first, and then Leah will introduce our amazing guest we have today uh, on our show. Leah, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Doing good. Just, good. Uh, yeah, keeping busy, but it's a good I hope, busy. I hope you have challenge on your mind as well. because I do have challenge on my mind. For some reason, we are... I have I have the challenge in my mind for some yes. reason. No, I always have our challenge on my mind because <laughs> it's such a struggle <laughs> to get. So we need, yeah, we'll talk about it at some point because it's a fun event that we do. And I think people should come out and have some fun. But And it's going to be called different now. We used to be called the Life with Element Challenge, but it's going to be called the Mobility Challenge uh, mm-hmm. this year. But we'll be talking about it on a different time. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry about the mistake earlier. But anyways... Yeah. Glad to hear that you are doing well, Leah. Um, yes. I hope you're enjoying the weather more than I am. because I do. I like gloomy. rain. I have no problem with that. I know you like it's, rain. I, I don't I do. like rain. It's, it, it makes me tired. And, yeah, uh, well, I can understand that. But I find with rain, it's like there's no expectations to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no one expects you to like go for a hike or go run errands. You can just stay home. Oh, there are some people that go on a hike on the rain. I can tell you that. Uh, that's probably sure. true. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> anyways, anyways, <laughs> anyways, yeah, I want to, I want you to introduce our amazing guest today. We have a um, fantastic guest today, uh, as we always do. Um, well, always try to have great guests. Uh, we had some mm-hmm. fantastic guests last episode, and now we got new guest with us here that yep. I want to let you introduce and then she can talk a little bit about herself and talk about what she does best yep. and our, podca- our listeners can, can learn from our wonderful guests today. Mm-hmm. So please take it away, Leah. So. We have our new friend Megan here and we're all going to learn about her together because I don't know much, but you know how I am. I see things on social media and if it just strikes me i will creep them and stalk them until i get them on the show so i had a facebook ad pop up on my feed and it had all of my favorite words you know inclusion and community and coffee and those are all my favorite words and so i looked into it and i was like okay we need to learn more so i just reached out and said come on the show let's learn more about you so we're all going to learn together about what Megan's doing in Edmonton. Welcome, Megan. So why don't you just tell us a little bit a bit about yourself? Hi, uh, thanks for having me. I also really love coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't function without it. So exactly. um, that's kind of, I'm glad that you clicked with that. Oh, yeah, um, yes. <laughs> so my name is Megan, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I live just outside Edmonton in Sherwood Park, and I have two kids. Uh, my daughter Hannah is three, and my son Jake is five, and he's on the autism spectrum. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, the inspiration for kind of my business came long before just in my own experience in the workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought I'd tell you about who I am. I'm absolutely busy and crazy. And, um, yeah. I also have ADHD and anxiety disorders. So, Oh, we're going to um, be best friends. Yeah. Leah, Leah and you're <laughs> so going to be best friends. <laughs> so I really, uh, resonate with, uh, like I, I, have now just fully accepted that I'm part of the neurodivergent Mm -hmm. community and at first that was really hard for me because I didn't get my ADHD diagnosis until last year so I was in my 30s already and I was just like oh like I have what like I'm not hyper and I don't run around and like I can't stop it's I usually can't get moving some days like Mm -hmm. um but it was really eye-opening and It also made me learn because I have done all kinds of jobs. I have worked Mm -hmm. in daycares, funeral homes. I've done desk jobs. I've done everything like that. Um, And when I hit my lowest point, kind of with my anxiety and everything like that, I was working a desk job. And uh, so I've been on a medical leave and I'm going to school. And I just decided that I wanted to create opportunities for people that typical desired employment just does not work for them because I mean I had this sweet nine to five like sitting at a desk good Mm -hmm. benefits and I was the most miserable I had ever been so um that's kind of where connections cafe and market came came to be Mm -hmm. um it's something I have thought about for many years. And then I actually approached um, our entrepreneur in residence at Northwest College. And oh, I said, oh. you know, this is my idea. What do you think? Where can I go with it? Because we at Northwest, we have a business conference every, I think it's just in the springs, but they're trying to in the springs. <laughs> in spring. <laughs> um, but I think they're going to try and do a fall one as well. And during that, I attended a session where there was talks about if you want to be an entrepreneur, the time to start is when you're still a student. Oh, so I never would have thought that. I never right? would have thought more, that either. There's cool. more funding opportunities. So if there's any students out there listening and you have a killer business idea, mm, talk to your school somebody might know something I know Nate and Norquest have really started to amp it up um Mm -hmm. if anybody's listening in Calgary Bow Valley um I'm working a program through them right now um I'm actually going to another pitch competition next week which is exciting and terrifying all at the same time yeah it would be um but yeah so that's kind of who I am and how I got to where I am And what's your what's your business again? Sorry, I no, that's perfectly fine. So I want to open a cafe and local made store. So kind of Starbucks meets um, like Maker's Keep. I don't know if anybody knows Mm. what it is, but it's those local made stores where they curate from local creators. Yes. Um, But my hope is to hire neurodivergent and disabled individuals as well as all those items in that handmade store be created by them or in partnership with them. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, it is so, fantastic. It is fantastic. We know a lot of moms, a lot of, yeah. of our CP moms yeah. do these little businesses because they need more income to, yeah. you know, and they, but they want to be able to stay home. So they're all entrepreneurs. And sometimes it's that whole creating something. So there's lots 
lots of parents in our community that yeah. like sometimes I'm like, how do you even find the time for that? Mm-hmm. Like it's like incredible stuff. But and we, we have some connections with some businesses, small businesses with sensory toys and stuff like that, right? Yeah. That's what I Yeah. Thinking. Yeah. And okay. then I mean, even our, some of our programs, I mean, there's artwork, you know, that, that they do. And we've always talked about finding a way for them to make an income themselves as well Mm -hmm. with all this artwork they create. And I just love the idea something like that. I've always loved that. Thanks. And so from there, it's also, I want to offer like, not only, sorry my ADD is kicking in apparently I not only want to like offer to sell their stuff but I Mm -hmm. also want to offer them some coaching and try and create some mentorships as well Mm -hmm. around how to build a successful business how to scale it all that stuff Um, and then on top of that just hosting other community events so you know anything from a paint night to speed dating to budgeting 101 um, just really creating a space where anybody can come and come together. Um, and then the flip side of it is that I want it to be as sensory friendly as possible. So I'm thinking mm. customizable light on tables, having headphones, tablets, weighted blankets or weighted lap pads, everything like that available. Um, just so that people can oh. all feel comfortable. Cause I know sometimes like, hold on, Clover, leave that alone. My dog's <gasps> Is it a dog? Away. It's a dog. Oh, <laughs> just trying to steal my daughter's toy off the counter. Aww. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, having those available, because I know just myself having a neurodivergent child or a neuro, yeah, neurodivergent child, mm-hmm. um, sometimes you forget those items or yes. sometimes you just don't feel like it's a spot that fits for you. So yeah. I know my kids love shopping, but oftentimes a food court can be oh yeah now you're up yeah. here uh, a food court can be Love too coffee. noisy clover let's see clover. hi clover oh for, for our audience that is not going to be looking at this there's a dog beautiful dog in yeah, the screen that we're seeing <laughs> yes. uh, from megan thank you megan for that. Yeah, no she apparently needs attention this morning. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah. So just, I know like my kid, when you go to a food court, if mm. it's really busy and the, the noise is buzzy, oh, yeah. he eats under the table and then people stare at you. That is the oh, worst gosh. part is that it was like, ew, like your kid's eating under the table and like, yeah. awful and I want to make a space where like, yeah, for cares? sure. Like, exactly. Yeah, as, as long as he eats, it's fine. Right. Well, that's exactly yeah. it. Right? Yeah. Does so, Clover, is Clover like just a family pet or is Clover, yeah. is she learning anything to do with your son? No, or she's, she's just a family pet. Um, my kids both really love animals and yeah. um, my son is very rough and tumble. So we ended up deciding on a, a bigger dog just for that. Yeah. But she's like the most patient. She's very patient. Like he, this week, his big thing was they would be sitting on the couch together and then he would sit mm-hmm. on her and be like, Clover's a couch. And she would just give him a kiss and about her day. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love them. So no, I love this whole thing you're doing. My daughter, she goes, we come to um, Sherwood Park quite a bit for um, she sees a therapist at uh, the hospital there. Mm-hmm. And um that we were doing some ADHD um stuff with her. And then of course I'm closely following along because I have we had an ADHD 
um, I guess she was an expert um, from the ADHD, um, what, what was it called? The LD and ADHD network, the learning disability mm-hmm. and ADHD network. Um, Carola Tiltman, her name was. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, she opened my, I mean, I've always thought that about myself going through it with my daughter. I was like, oh, I'm 100%. But then you don't want to say that because you don't really know. Yeah. But when, after talking to her, I was like, oh yeah, like it's... <laughs> Totally. (laughs) For me, like, I just never understood why I never really fit anywhere. Like you see these Mm -hmm. people who've been like lifelong friends and they have this whole group and I have like one person, maybe two that I've been friends with for more than five years. Right. And so, um, and even just in high school, like, I wish I would have understood more then because I was always the like, wait till the deadline kind of girl, but I did like 80 different activities. So I never slowed down. Um, mm-hmm. and so I just, I never really understood. And, and also it just was missed in women. Cause it wasn't, yes. um, it wasn't studied at that point because we weren't hyperactive. Like exactly. it was exactly like, like boys head. are. Yeah. yeah. We talked a lot about that with her, about how it is misdiagnosed. And it's not usually until you're a parent and you're trying to multitask and organize your life and a family life and then work that these start coming out. And plus when you notice it in your kids and then you start going, Oh my gosh, like this explains <laughs> so much about like, it both already too young. And I'm already like, Hmm, that could be. <laughs> that could be, right. I know. And then we're always so scared to sort of do that self-diagnosis, but then sometimes it's like hard to not just really look. Cause then I started looking back about, you know, how I always had a messy locker. My binder always had paper sticking. I can't get organized for the life of me. Mm-hmm. And I never understood, but it's, and then it was like this whole thing too, with why am I so tired at the end of the day when I've just been sitting at my desk <laughs> working, but it's because my mind is just, I'm jumping from project to project and, oh yeah, it's my tattoo artist always thinks I'm crazy. I've gotten a couple of tattoos in the last couple of years and uh, mm-hmm. I always tell her I'm so relaxed right now and she doesn't get it, but it's because my brain focuses. <gasps> I'm like, oh, right. like, don't jump because it'll wreck the tattoo. And so I actually find it really soothing. I almost fall asleep sometimes and she's like, I don't get it. And I'm like, well, I just, it's just because it stops my brain. <laughs> Like, well, yeah, I and the noise too. Yeah, I had brown noise on the whole morning when I was working. I put on brown noise just because I'm like, okay, I need to focus on something, and then I put that on, and I find it really helps. But it's like, yeah, oh, that's interesting. Yep, yep. <laughs> that's actually really cool. <laughs> I like that. But I like too that you mentioned about having the items at the cafe. Because I know I used to have when I thought my daughter just was like anxiety, like we have, there's so much anxiety issues. Mm-hmm. I, I made a little kit, you know, that had gum in it, fidgets, yeah. Um, yeah. her glasses cleaner, just something to carry all the time because we would go somewhere and then she would, you know, just need something. And then I downsized to a nicer purse and now I don't have it with me. And then sometimes we go somewhere and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have grabbed a fidget or something for you. And so I like that idea of like knowing that you can go somewhere and it's there for you. And I don't know about anybody else, but I'm just really forgetful. So I can plan well, to take all that stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and then I get to I'm like, oh, the bag's at home. Like, great. Yes. <laughs> Always. <laughs> so frustrating <laughs> to be, yes. 
Yeah. You like and that then, too sometimes, Carlos, do you find? Um, I try not to be very forgetful, but sometimes it could be jumping from project to project. So I think I do have a little bit of a HDHD somehow. Um, I think so. But mm -hmm. I've never been diagnosed. Um, but I do feel myself sometimes jumping from project to project, which, which sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Because again, you don't focus straight too much on what mm -hmm. you need to focus on. Yeah. Um, it's, um, but I, I really like your, going back to what you mentioned about your kid eating underneath the table and people just staring at it. Um, I was having a discussion with, with a, a, another former guest that we had on our podcast, which we, we, we started a little business kind of together in the background. Uh, but anyways, we were having a discussion about how, even when, because we both have a disability or I have a disability, sometimes when you see another person with a different disability, whether it's autism, Down syndrome, even if you have a disability, you tend to stare at that person. And then you, once you stare at that person, you go, well, why are you doing that? Like, you don't <laughs> like, you don't like doing that. You don't like when people do that to you. Why do you do that to people? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and, and I, I realized it because it's, it's what you were saying, Megan, today is true. Like, why would people stare at my kid if they're eating under, if he's eating underneath the table, as long as he's eating, that's okay. As long as he's feeding himself, it's fine. I, I'm guessing people do it because it's different. It's completely different than what the normal people do. Like, mm -hmm. but again, then what's what's normal? <laughs> There's no normal. Like, yeah. normal is is different for everybody, right? So, if the person is eating underneath the table, who cares? Like, honestly, yeah. I prefer. I I think people should eat. No, I'm not making a joke about this. People should <laughs> eat wherever they want to eat, whatever they feel yeah. comfortable eating. If it's underneath the table, eat underneath the table. Like, yeah. come on. Or if you find it weird, go and ask. Like, that's what I always ask people. Go and ask. Like, yeah. I, I'm a little curious. Why is your daughter eating underneath the table or son eating? And then most likely a person will respond to you like, would say yeah. it's because of this, this, and this, right? Uh, I find it very amazing uh, that that your son eats underneath the table, and I think it's cool. I think it's very cool because he blows my mind because yeah. he just looks for those solutions. Even yeah. we have a spray park near our house, and it's got like these hollowed out boulders. And when the day just gets to be too much for him, he literally goes and like hammocks himself in there and crosses his nice. leg, and he just. Uh -huh like relaxes and he nice. just stays there until he's ready to come out like he like for five he's very like we've done a lot of programming with him but mm -hmm. um he just like blows my mind um because he does he totally will if he doesn't get too far stimulated mm -hmm. or too overstimulated um then he can like he's able to kind of look for those releases on his own which is really great that's awesome well, he could learn a lot from that yeah, yeah. That's very awesome because some people don't don't know what they can do if if they yeah. want to find some real mostly if their son or daughter have some sort of autism right or or stuff like that in the spectrum sometimes they don't um, they don't find out and when they grow older they find even more stimulation more different things to do so that they can calm their mind like I think mm -hmm. it's very very awesome. Yeah, 
in a way. Going back to the staring thing, I don't know about you guys, but I always have these moments because I know some people don't mind it and some people absolutely hate it. Yeah. And so I know I always have these like moments of panic if I'm walking in a mall and I see somebody with like a disability, whether it's, you know, a kid with Down syndrome or somebody's having a meltdown and I'm like, do I look? Do I not look? Do I look? Do I not look? And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then my anxiety's like, oh my God, they're going to think I'm acting like they don't. I know. Oh my God. Like, I stare. I stare. But it's because I want them to look at me. Like I want to make the contact. So I'll stare at them can keep kind of looking and try to get their attention because I want them to look at me so I can say hi, you know, and and pay attention to them. But I know that, you know, they're just doing their thing. But yeah, I think that's the thing, right? You don't want to really get caught staring and (laughs) they might not understand, but I still do it. I'm always just like staring, especially kids. I'm always like, Oh, because kids are kids are cute. Kids yeah, are cute. I you know? try and catch the parents' eye too. Sometimes I'll like look at them and be like, "Oh, like you're doing good," because well, sometimes yeah. you don't feel like you're doing good. So yes, exactly. Um, and you want to give them that sort of like, "I get it," you know, like yeah. I, I fully might not fully because there's maybe a different disability, but you know, like just to give them that sort of like, "We got this together" type thing, there. you know. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if you know Megan, but I don't know why as a parent sometimes. I'm not a parent, but I asked my, I asked my mom a couple of times, and I don't know if I ever got an answer from her, of why they don't feel sometimes that they're doing a good job with their own kid when it has a disability. Because when it comes to my parents, they did the best they could, both mm-hmm. of them, to raise who I am. I have cerebral palsy, so it's not easy to raise somebody with cerebral palsy or any other disability, let alone Down syndrome or autism or something like that. They have different, you guys have different challenges, right? That everybody, every person with a disability has different challenges. Mm -hmm. But it's it's really interesting to me to know why do they don't, as a parent, sometimes why do they don't feel like, or they, they doubt that they are doing a good job. You know what I mean? Because you're doing the best you can in my opinion right so that's a good one um especially because I am a constant sufferer of mom guilt like I never Mm -hmm. feel like I'm doing enough and Mm -hmm. I think part of that is the expectation society puts on all parents really like oh your Mm -hmm. kids shouldn't act out and your kids should do this and and you know you should have your kid going to three different activities and you should be like there's just so much pressure put on parents. And if you're not fitting into that mold, then you instantly feel like you're failing them. Yeah. Um, which it sucks. Like, and, and sometimes, you know, you're doing the best that you can. And sometimes it's just that people say things that they don't realize comes across as offensive. And then mm-hmm. as a parent, you internalize that and you're like, Oh my God, like they think I'm doing a terrible job. They, you know, they think I could be doing more, like, how can I do more? And then that's really where parents start to experience that burnout. But when you have a child with um, disabilities, those children don't fall into those molds of like those well-behaved, expected, like Mm -hmm. do everything that's expected of them kids. And like, especially with my little guy, he is very, I can't think of what the correct term is right now, but Oftentimes parents, other parents don't realize that he's on the spectrum unless I say Mm -hmm. something. And so sometimes they just think he's this really busy, rowdy kid. And I'm like, oh, well, actually, like, 
he's he's on the autism spectrum and they're like oh well I would never would have known so you must be doing a good job and I'm like well it's not just that like <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it's, it's not just that but um I do think that there's a lot of pressure put onto parents whether your child has a disability or is neurotypical and uh it's just amplified when you do have a disabled child versus um a neurotypical and then the hard part is is if you have more than one so in my case um I get a lot of mom guilt because I worry that I spend too much time with one over the other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know my son Jake has extra things he needs done whereas like Hannah's pretty self-sufficient Um, everything like that. But one thing I've really learned and started to try and implement a little bit more to try and, I don't know, make myself feel better, I guess, is, um, I've worked on understanding my kids' love languages and trying oh, love to languages yes. a little bit more. So mm-hmm. my son is way like he is gifts and acts of service. What can you give me? And what can you give, like do for me? Yeah. Whereas yeah. my daughter is a hundred percent um like the quality time and the physical affection the amount of times I hear in a day cuddle like yeah (laughs) so absolutely so I do try and work with those a little bit more and understanding who my kids are as individuals because you can't treat them the same the exact same and I'll never be able to treat them the exact same because they have different needs different desires everything like that yeah, I love the love languages. And I didn't, I knew about them, like I'm a step parent. So we talk a lot about love language and my stepmom support groups and stuff. But I never thought about it for kids for the longest time until, you know, with my daughter, it is a lot of sensory. She loves like, those moments where she's like, can you brush my hair, and then get a back scratch. And then, you know, rub my feet, like those kinds of things. She loves those. And sometimes I'm like, okay, at the end of the day, especially when it's at bedtime, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired and I'm done, but I know. (laughs) Yes. And then I'm like, but, and she's 12. So it's not like she's, you know, she's self-sufficient as well, but there has been, yeah, she likes that the acts of service and the physical um, affection as well. Like she loves nothing more than to be in her room and for me to like bring her a snack plate and mm-hmm. here you go. And <laughs> you know, but those are, yeah, that's just what she needs. And you got to push through it sometimes, but I love what taking love languages out of like, not just for couples, but putting it into your kids as well. I love that. And that's, that's great. How, how it evolves through the years, because I remember when I was young, Everyone was like, okay, we're not going to treat Carlos any different than, than the rest of his children, right? But again, at the same time, through the years, you understand again, as you, Megan, and Leah are saying, that there's a love language for each kid. There's a mm-hmm. lot of, there's something I need that my sister didn't need it. And there's something my sister needed that my bro- that, that I didn't need it and that my brother didn't need it at the time, right? So, it's interesting how times have evolved to the point of like, okay, we, we're not going to treat that much different the kids from each other, but we're going to treat them as they want to be, uh, as their love language is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's not like, okay, we're, if Carlos is, is like the, the massages in his back and when he's 13, everybody's going to get massages in the back. Well, what if my sister doesn't want it and my brother doesn't want it? You know what I mean? So it's it's different how how the times evolved and how education and parenting is so different 
than it was during my mom's time, you know, like when I was, or even during your time, Leah, because you're a little bit older than I am. Not, we're not going to say how old, but <laughs> even though, even though you, you don't look older than I am, but, but, but you are a little bit older. But even, even, even during your parents' time, it was different than, than yeah. my parents' time, you know what I mean? So it's, it's really cool how, how things have evolved to the point of like that you now can can think about love languages with your kid yeah. instead of just not thinking about it anymore you know what I mean so yeah and of course yeah and, and not treating you different I like I follow a family on TikTok and um there's a young man named Thorne who has who's on autism spectrum and he's like in his mid-20s I think he's older and he's mostly nonverbal, but he, he'll say words, but not like full sentences. And he, he like screams a lot and he, he shows through, you know, noise and everything, but his, his brothers are like brothers, like they torture him, <laughs> you know, they're brothers. And, and it's funny, the comments, a lot of people are like, why would you allow them to treat him like that? Why? And his mom's always like, because they're siblings, just because he's has autism doesn't mean that he's not a brother like it, it gives him that normal normal experience and we're not treating him any different just because and his, his one brother Troy just does these things and it's funny and he, he just gets so mad but it's like at the same time that's brothers yeah well it's age appropriate too right like I know my yes. kids are just getting to that kind of sibling rivalry thing and it's age appropriate. So yes, like I tell our support team about that because we've been very fortunate to have a really great support team. So I'll mm -hmm. tell them, oh, you know, like this is happening. And I said, it's a bit of a concern, but also age appropriate. So yes. um, we should be as much as like people are like, oh, like you shouldn't do that. We should be celebrating. It's social interaction. It's yes. age appropriate. It is what needs to be happening um yeah, yeah I yeah because that's gonna teach them right like how to take a joke and how to you know be stand up for himself a a bit, you know? how to stand like, up for himself yeah, voice. Yeah, my daughter is like a force to be reckoned with most days mm -hmm. like like she went to a preschool just down our street and when mm -hmm. she started she was the only girl with like 15 boys and oh, she wow. Wow. held her ground like <laughs> There was, those boys did not mess with her. She mm -hmm. held her ground. And part of that was growing up with a brother who's a little bit rowdy and who yeah. we, and I've always enforced that. Oh, tell him you don't like that. Take your toy yes. back. Like everything like that, because it's socially appropriate. So siblings teasing each other is socially appropriate. Just because one has yeah. a disability doesn't mean they shouldn't still experience that mm. part of life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Remember that school we went to, Carlos? Um, you went to go do a presentation and oh, there yeah. was a young boy. I can't remember where he was from, but they had given him, he could, he was nonverbal, but they gave him a tablet to, to communicate. And all of the other boys in the class were typing in curse words for the tablet to say. But the school was like, we love it because that's exactly what kids do. And he's just... <laughs> I have a story. He's fitting. He's fitting with. Yeah, he's fitting. He's fitting with the classroom, and that's what yes. the class. That's what the teacher wants, in a way. As long as there's a difference between bowling and interacting with with the kid and yeah. kind of teaching her language, mostly when the, I mean, cursing. <laughs> you might think, 
it's not a good thing because you're teaching him bad words. Yeah. But I mean, when, when the kid is from another country, which, which this was the case, yeah. and you're trying to fit him in into the Western <laughs> culture slash Western yeah. cl- classroom, I think, I think it's fine. And I think that's why the class, the class allows it or the teachers or whatever. Yeah. And educate. we know boys in that age, like yeah. they were like eight or nine or whatever. We know they're swearing and they're, they're, they're experimenting with, all of that kind of stuff. And it was just sort of like, yeah, like you're, you're making him just another one of the boys because that's what he is, you know, but you're giving him that feeling of what it's like to be included. And that's one of my favorite stories. Okay. So funny add on to that. I used to work as an EA when in my early 20s, actually I did it for about 10 years, just subbing and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't quite 10 years. Oh man. Anyway. I spent a lot of time in a high school with a developmental classroom and one of the, the guys in the class and literally we were a year apart in age too. So that was kind of, cause like ah. they could stay there till they were 21 yeah. and I was 21 at the time and he was 20 and he had an acquired brain injury and he could type with his eyes, but he really like he had one of the tablets that like hung and he could like write words with his mm-hmm. eyes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And um, there would be days where he would just be really, really down. And so mm-hmm. I actually started, and it probably wasn't the most professional, but I was 21. So whatever. <laughs> I started putting in like silly, like, like almost like dad jokes and really cheesy <laughs> pickup lines in it. I have never seen him laugh so hard. And I did it like every day, like he'd be ready to go to a class and I'd like push it. And it would be like, <laughs> did you fall from heaven? <laughs> like. <laughs> whatever but he laughed and he got so much joy out of it so I kept yep. doing it nobody gave me shit so you know, yeah, exactly like, right no it's like, why not to have some fun people are scared to to do that you know like and you shouldn't be you like just yeah treat everybody just like we do with Carlos I'm mean <laughs> to him the other day he was making his way to the bathroom at work and I wanted to fill up the kettle and, and I ran just, past him and just, did it and I she, said I just want to get this done before you get there and he was like what the heck and I'm like sorry you just like literally like went in front of me like this and went into the washroom <laughs> like, like, I know you're gonna be another like 30 seconds I'm just gonna go with it. <laughs> I thought it was kind of mean, but I thought in a in a joking way. I, yeah, I, I would have done it to anybody else. And I would, yeah. if it was my brother, I would have been like, oh, wait. And I would have run by him and, and exactly what I would have done. <laughs> I can't do that to me, but then they take forever. And I'm like, but I gotta go. Fine. <laughs> I, gotta go. Yes. I was just putting some water in the kettle. That's all I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Needed my coffee. <laughs> that, that's my coffee. the most important thing in the exactly. day. Exactly. <laughs> So how, like, what, do you have a timeline going for when everything's starting or you're just kind of, I don't development. Minute, I'm doing a little bit of crowdfunding and it's also just to mm-hmm. build awareness around disability. So I do have some tumblers yeah. for sale right now. I'm getting some bumper stickers made, oh, cool. um, different things like that. And then the other thing I'm doing is just working through um, the startup program through Bow Valley College. So that's where my pitch awesome. competition is next week. I'm hoping to win some money at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nice part about this program is that they're investing in us. Not only are we getting coaching, but like that lovely Facebook ad you saw was actually one of our assignments. And so I've seen like three. I yeah. swear I've seen like three different ads pop I've up. And I'm always like, oh, there's um, one. <laughs> I've actually had one of the better conversion rates out of everybody. Like, so we had to post those ads and then do those 10 interviews. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think I ended up getting 15 interviews done at the end of the day. And just oh, cool. like, I think I had 90 people fill out the, like the thing on my website. So mm-hmm. um, part of that, and part of the reason we do that is to validate the business, to make yes. sure it's something that will actually succeed and that people want to see. Um, cool. which I've gotten really great feedback and lots of great invitations too. So not only am I talking to people who visit coffee shops, mm-hmm. I have talked to other organizations like, um, autism Edmonton or, uh, autism Ken tech. Like I'm not focused on autism. Those are just the only ones that are coming to my head right now. Yeah. Um, but a bunch of those organizations, um, I've talked with them. I also, um, had a meeting with the self-advocacy federation and presented the idea to them and got some feedback and that was invaluable like because I just got so much so much insight that I wasn't I hadn't either thought about yet or I didn't think about it that way and so Mm -hmm. um, right now I guess the big thing is trying to raise some of that capital and then just really getting a full um, understanding so for the next little bit, wow. it is just going to be doing some some fundraising, stuff like that. My goal is to um, try and raise as much of the money myself because then I don't mm-hmm. have interest payments and I can reinvest into expanding Yeah. Um, because I have lots of other ideas for services too. Um, like I don't want to just stop at, you know, a coffee shop and store. I want to host a summer camp that focuses on entrepreneurship, um, stuff like that. Um, and then the other thing we're looking at adding in, um, partially because I know that there's grant funding for it, but also just because mm-hmm. I think it's a great idea, is a community studio space within the cafe where um, people can come to do art. We'll offer some art therapy classes as well as um, provide kits with just different art supplies. So if people want to come in and buy a kit or if they want to bring their own supplies and use the space, like they can do that um and really like it's the only thing we would charge would be for the the purchase of the kit um because the hope is is if they come in they're gonna want a coffee or something anyway right Um, but it's to have that space that's accessible that's quiet I mean not everybody wants to do art in their house my Mm -hmm. kids love painting I like it when they paint I don't like cleaning up after they paint. Right. <laughs> um, and so it's creating that space, but also creating those opportunities. So as you were saying before, where like people have art programs, stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's then teaching them like, oh, hey, look what you created. Let's post it on the wall and see if we can sell it. Mm-hmm. And right. um, really just kind of building that confidence, building that awareness of what possibilities are out there because nine to five doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. full-time like scheduled employment doesn't work for everybody and so it's really teaching those opportunities um and really gaining that that knowledge for everybody and yeah. even just the yeah so hopefully my hope is I'm going to start looking for a location in the fall or winter I'm trying to be very mm-hmm. intentional I want it to be close to public transit so that it's accessible yeah um the hope is is that it'll have parking in the front um mm-hmm. like right in front and I can actually do like a drive-in style um okay, to yeah. appeal to like I'm not necessarily going to find a building with a drive-through no. um but then that appeals to busy parents who don't want to get their crazy crazy kids out of the car yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then they can still come and get coffee support our business um but they don't have to necessarily 
get their kids out of the car and get moving. And the hope is it might be faster than a drive-thru at the end of the day because you can do four orders at once and get them all oh, right. And, and then, yeah, bring them out. And if kids are sleeping or something when you arrive mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I just want to have my coffee and sit in the car. Yeah. Great. Or... My daughter was the worst last year for falling asleep in the car when my mm-hmm. son left. Like we would drive him to school and we would get like two blocks from his school and she'd be asleep. And I'd be like, Mm-hmm. So I'm spending the next hour in the car. I guess I'm going exactly. to drive through, and I'm going to go park somewhere and like drink yes. coffee. <laughs> so yes, oh, that'll appeal to so many. You know, like so. And, we'll do whatever. And we can. so nice that you're thinking about being close to public transit because a lot of people don't think about it that way. Mm-hmm. And mostly when it comes to people, think, oh, we have that here. We have. Uh, different public services that they can use but some people like myself we like to take the, the normal public transit where it's easy to connect and and yes you can sometimes you're like thinking well it's not the best public transit in this in the city but mm-hmm. it is like it is actually okay compared to other places mm-hmm. uh you know and so it's kind of nice that you're thinking about having a business where yeah where there's a bus route that might be able to come fairly often there for people who who might they don't need to be in a wheelchair they don't need to be in a walker but they i don't know they might use a scooter they might use you know some sort of limited mobility there might be a senior who might want to enjoy coffee time in your place even art you know there's some seniors who are painting you know and like some art stuff so it's it's nice to to see that, that you're thinking about it that way. So. Yeah, well, and, and for the able-bodied and neurotypical people can come in and just see what the community's like. Sit yeah. back and watch and see how you know th- you know and just you know yeah. It's funny that you say that. So one of the things I've done in my research for this was I actually I was a crazy woman and I got up at two a.m. and I attended a inclusive workplace festival based out of England so of course because it was during the day there it was in the yep. middle of the night here um and so I did sleep through part of it unfortunately because I just I have kids like oh, it just yeah. didn't but um a lot of the stuff they said was instead of making it so that people feel that they to get what they need out of an employer they have to disclose they just yeah. create um mm-hmm. adaptations and tools and everything like that that anybody can use and so it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter because they're available for all and that was kind of the thought with this as well because before I knew that I was neurodiverse I knew that I had sensory things because if I went and and I learned this during Christmas shopping but if I went shopping when it was really busy out Mm -hmm. I was that awkward person who like pet every soft blanket I walked past right and they didn't click on for me that that was sensory until one day when I was like what am I doing <laughs> but there's nothing to say that yes. your typical couldn't use a weighted lap pad every once in a while if they have a stressful job yeah. or or whatever and so it really gives them that insight into oh hey like you might have some of these needs as well and bringing them into our community as well, which was where connections came from. Like that was where my name idea came from. Originally, when I was a little bit more bitter, I was going to call it the Black Sheep Cafe because I often <laughs> feel like a black sheep in society. <laughs> but I decided to go the more positive route. Yep. Yep. There's a, there's no, I a, love it. <clears throat> there's a bar in Edmonton already called the Black Dog. So. Oh, yeah, the Black Dog. Yeah, black that's dog. right. <laughs> yeah. I haven't yeah. been to a bar in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So now 
we're going to get into our favorite part. <laughs> do you, what does life without limits mean to you? And do you feel like you are kind of living your life without limits? Ooh, that's a really great question. Mm-hmm. Um, life without limits is, hmm, I think it's kind of like what I'm trying to create where Mm -hmm. we're allowed to have adaptations and those allow us to live our fullest lives. And I think that right now society is missing the ball a little bit. Um, and so are missing their mark. Um, and I think that there, that's where that culture change needs to come as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like life without limits for me, I guess, is, not having having strategies because we all have limitations Mm -hmm. but having those strategies to help us work through them and move past them and yeah like I think that right now society is missing missing the bar completely and I think that that's what I'm I'm hoping to transform a little bit and I know that you can't help every person my will not be able to give 100% of the population what they need but I can at least reduce barriers and limits for other people um one of the things I use when I do my pitch competitions it's on like usually my first slide is a quote from Tuesdays with Maury where if the culture's wrong don't buy it create your own Mm -hmm. and um that's kind of where my mentality is right now is that I feel like society is letting this population down and so I'm gonna create my own community out of it and shake things up a little bit and uh yeah absolutely it's like the sky's the limit at this point like I've already been in talks about doing inclusive employment um conferences with some other organizations that work with um employment opportunities and trying to really hit home that like there is capability here and it's a missed opportunity for your company mm-hmm. um and really trying to um break down those barriers or those assumptions that people make. I worked with a lady with down syndrome one time who, when she came to work, she would sit and she wouldn't do anything. And I asked a question and one of the girls was like, Oh, that's just what she does. And I said, well, have we tried giving her like a list? So she remembers what she's supposed to be Mm. doing when she gets here. And they go, Oh no, she can't read. And I was like, okay. So I was getting her involved in stuff and we were chit chatting one day and I just said, Oh, like, what are you doing this weekend? And she goes, Oh, I'm going to be reading the hunger games. It's my favorite book. And I was like, mm, interesting. Well, then. <laughs> and so giving her a list, she started helping. She started interacting more with the staff and the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we started inviting her to our Christmas party. She cried when I gave her her first invitation to a Christmas party. Aww. Her mom called me and cried later. Like, mm-hmm. so we're letting these people down because lots of these businesses, even when they hire people with disabilities and not every one of them, but there are lots out there that yeah. they get a backroom job or they get yes, you're right. bathrooms or whatever. And they don't always get invited to these staff functions and everything yeah. like that. So I want to change that. That's yeah. not right. That is creating more limitations as opposed to it is. taking them away. So yeah. That's awesome. That's very awesome what you're trying to do because it is. It is true that we are one of the biggest things my mom said happened in Mexico and in the 80s when I was born is that a lot of persons with disabilities not only stay home because parents were ashamed of showing their kids, but 
when they had a job, they were put on, you know, in the in the back of the room, uh, in the places where where you don't see them, right? And mm-hmm. then they don't interact with the rest of the staff because they don't fit in or they didn't fit in, you know. And and we're in the twenty first century now, where a person with a disability, whether it's in a wheelchair, scooters, uh, whatever they use, it's they're able to to interact with anything. I mean, mm-hmm. our board of directors, we have what two or three people with this disability in our board of directors, Leah? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have a, and, a mom who has, I think, 12 or 13 kids um, in her home and her care. They're foster kids and adopted kids. So yeah, we've got like, we're going to have one, our board president on the podcast. He's, we're going to talk yeah. to him next week. And he's, they're, they're all amazing. And, and, you know, they're, they're not only because they're on board of directors, but they both have careers, all have careers and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing. It's really amazing to see people like yourself who's trying to open the doors, you know, for, for the community and showing the community that they don't need to be in the back of a, of a mail-in room or in the back of, or cleaning out toilets, which don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's wrong per se either. But it needs you, to be done. It's an important job. Yeah, but. it needs to be done. It's an important job, but you can include them into your staff events or staff meetings mm-hmm. as well because they do they don't want to be a part of that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And they need something fulfilling, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so some people really love to clean, and that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Give them yeah. those jobs, but for people who don't love to clean and for to say like you know, go, you're going to do this cleaning job, whatever. Um, or maybe it's just the wrong type of cleaning job. So there's a program in Saskatchewan called four to 40. Um, and I used to, I didn't work for four to 40, but I worked with, for an organization that partnered with them. We were a supported living thing. Um, and, uh, one of the gentlemen there, I actually had a really good cry over this, but when I used to, they call it support instead of work. But when I used to support him, um, he worked for, it wasn't a coffee shop per se, but it was a coffee supplier. So he cleaned urns and he did all that stuff and he hated his job. Mm-hmm. Like he was absolutely miserable. And his dream in life was to be some type of first responder. Like he wanted to be a police officer or he wanted to be something like that. Um, and uh, there was actually a news article about two years ago where he had kind of kept doing what he was doing and he worked on getting better. And now he actually works at the fire station. Um, He helps with cleaning. He helps with organizing. So he's still cleaning, but it's stuff he wants to clean and it's fulfilling for him. And I remember like reading that article and just like (laughs) bawling. Oh my God. Like I'm so happy for him. Like, cause a lot of the individuals we had supported had come out of really rough situations. They'd been kicked out of other group Mm -hmm. homes, you know, different things like that. And so to see that level of success was like heartwarming. And then there was another one where, um, another man that I used to support too, actually, where like employment just didn't work for him. His anxiety was too, too Mm -hmm. rough. Mm -hmm. So now he's making wood furniture and selling it and still Mm -hmm. being fulfilled and creating an income for himself. And that's, it's just so like Mm -hmm. amazing to see. And that's what I want to try and see grow, especially because I know that my kid is totally capable. Like he could take yeah. over the world if that's what he decided. Oh, absolutely. To do. But he'll be underestimated, like with the way that society is today. He, will. he mm-hmm. will be underestimated and people will not think he is capable. Yeah. 
well, we need to continue doing the great job you're doing and, mm-hmm. and advocating for all of our individuals with disabilities because the more we have persons like yourself, Megan, who want to open the doors for people with disabilities and for people who have multiple abilities, the more the, the world is going to change and the culture is going to change. And I think, I think the culture needs to change. Uh, and if, if it doesn't change, as you say, we have to create more of our own culture, right? So, so the more we have people that want to create their own culture, mm-hmm. I think the better the world is going to be and the more the life without limits is going to be. So uh, mm-hmm. thank you so much, Megan, for being a part of the show. I don't know if Leah, you have any more questions. No, no questions. Uh, I'm just going to say that, you know, as you progress on this venture, we'll have you back on and yeah. to talk about, you know, like, I think this was a great conversation that was more than what you're doing. It turned into a whole mom thing, which is oh, great. I love too. talking about this stuff. I could talk about jumping in face. So I will come back anytime. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, we would love to have you back for sure. And, yeah. we'll, and stay if, connected. We'll, we'll help, we'll help we'll, you, you get the word out there. And if you need connections, we know, you know, we can connect her with Brad, um, yeah. you know, to help right. if you want him to look at a space with you about accessibility, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and just, uh, yeah. if you, when you start your fundraising, just let us know and then we'll definitely yeah. help, we'll, we'll definitely join and help you out. I, I love helping people when they do fundraising for, for amazing cause. And, and yeah, I was actually on a an event on Sunday, which I didn't even know if I was going to be there. And Brad was actually doing a uh, fundraising for an event at a bar that I usually go there all the time. So oh, it's, cool. it's exciting. So exciting. So if you, you ever know. if you ever have some some events, let me know. Hit us up, and and I'll be I'll mm-hmm. be there helping out. Yeah. Thank you so much. No problem. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for for Megan once again for for being a part of this. Uh, thank you, Leah, for creeping out on Megan and creeping out. <laughs> I know, con- but I do best. Con- continuously finding people. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's great what, what you do and having people on our show is amazing. That's why I keep saying Leah is the brain of the show. And uh, <laughs> uh, so thank you for this, Leah. And, and to our mm-hmm. listeners, thank you to listen to, li- to, listen to this episode. I know it's going to come out in a, in a little couple of days. But mm-hmm. uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Uh, make sure to continue to approach us, continue to ask questions, continue to join our Instagram page. Uh, it's uh, My Life Without Limits podcast, not challenge, My Life Without Limits podcast. <laughs> and uh, feel free to join our Instagram page and uh, check our website. And uh, mm-hmm. thank you so much to all of you. And thank you. Make sure to continue to live your life without limits. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.